The following audio brought to you by TSF Entertainment Podcast may contain graphic descriptions of violence and or audio clips of violence or sexual explicit events. Listener's discretion is advised. TSF Entertainment Podcast fan, we are back in the building, and y'all already know what it is. It's your boy, the Juggernaut of Souls, and I am with the birthday boy, Retro yeah. CD, Really BT, <laughs> the Sis Really BTV, and the bro, D. Jackson, or y'all know him as Jack of Jordans. What's good, y'all? <laughs> What's, What's up, up? everybody? I said, hey, yo. Happy birthday. <laughs> Appreciate that. Happy Thank you. Big happy birthday. Bro. Yeah. So this is the birthday edition podcast in the building. You know it. <laughs> I hope you got your Henny and Coke pulled up. You know it. <laughs> you know it. And I'm trying not to be too lit on the podcast tonight. I'm trying not to be too lit. Oh, Lord. I don't know. With What's this episode, somebody? you're going to be lit. You, with this episode, you definitely going to be lit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got some things to talk about, so we're going to just jump right into it. So tonight we're it. talking about Power Book 3, Raising Canaan, Episode 2. It's titled Reaping and Sowing, and it's an appropriate title for the show. Very so, appropriate. I'm glad that everybody here, the fam is here, because, you know, me and Really B, we had to hold it down for y'all boys last week because y'all, y'all wasn't called out of work. Podcast on the <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all called out of work. Right. Y'all called out of work. <laughs> So me and really be TV, we had to pick up the slack. So we didn't get to get y'all. I appreciate uh, y'all. I appreciate it. Y'all first. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, y'all, y'all late that, y'all late that podcast. Y'all late that podcast down. I'm not gonna lie. I listened to that joint. I was like, whoa, I hate I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> we had to try to we had to try to cover all the bases. So um so tonight's episode, we kick off with um Kanan lying in the bed, um, staring up at the ceiling, and y'all Another flashback to childhood. I know I ain't the only one who had the glow in the dark stars. And no, was... you're not. <laughs> I actually I didn't, have... but my oldest I son still got him in his room. I'm about to say I didn't, but I mean I know about him. You know, I know about yeah, I had the moons and the space just uh I had the planets and the spaceships in that joint. Listen, the authenticity of this show, I'm digging it. We're second episode in, and it's just, it's so authentic. I'm digging the authenticity of the show. I really am. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I had no addition on my ceiling, so, yeah. (laughs) Oh, you was over there with the finger snapping in the head there. (laughs) I may have had a little Kim poster on my ceiling around that time, but who knows? Okay, (laughs) see? Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) So, uh, 
here comes in the voiceover Kanan. Um, and me, me and really BTV was trying to figure this out last week where he was narrating this show from <laughs> in the afterlife before he well, actually, it had to be after he got killed because he said at the very beginning, um, y'all know how my story ends, so this is how my story began. So I guess he's narrating this show from the afterlife, right. but um, the voiceover comes in, um, and it's talking about a quote from Isaac Newton that says, To any action. There's always an opposite and equal reaction, which I found it to be very appropriate considering the conclusion of this show. I found that it was so be. appropriate for this episode. Facts. And yes. it was so valid. Like, like it, yeah, it was on point. It was absolutely on point. But it, in life, we know that to be true. <laughs> so, you yeah. know. Yeah. What you put out, basically, what you put out, you get back. Is what so, you get. What you get back. Facts. The same energy. So we hear Kanan's mom Rock calling him to breakfast, and um, she's just sitting there at the table. You know, he's hurrying, trying to eat his breakfast so he can get on out the door. And you know, she's nervous. She's scared. She's not. She's not comfortable with this because this is his first day back to school since the whole incident happened with uh, Buck Twenty. Well, mm-hmm. with the killing of Buck, Buck 20. And, you know, she's trying to get him to, you know, uh, be focused in on that. That, look, you're getting ready to go back to school. So, you know, you got to keep your eyes wide open. I mean, she even tells him that. Keep your eyes wide open at all times. And Kane is trying to let on that he's good. And, you know, ain't nothing um, really bothering him. And, you know, she's kind of irritated with that because, you know, I, to me, I feel like he is a little bit nervous. He just doesn't want to let on. You know, he's just trying to play it to the left. What y'all thought? He's scared as hell. He he's definitely, just trying to play hard. <laughs> yeah. He definitely, I feel he's definitely nervous. You know, what I, I ain't get that. Think. What I got I was, he nervous. was just, I got was, he was just kind of like, yeah, all right, it's it's over and it's done with. It's no big deal, right? Yeah, it's like it's like it's no like for him. It's just kind of like no big deal. It's kind of like all right, I put in this work, you know. Now here comes the, now the money's about to get ready to start rolling in because I put in his work. And keep in mind, he's a teenager, so and I know, and I don't mean no disrespect to this, but I mean it's a it's a ad it's an old adjective that they always say: you're young and dumb. And, mm-hmm. and to a certain respect, you are young and dumb. Yeah. So I, I, I get that impression as well, DJ, is that, uh, you know, it's no big deal. You know, everything is going to smooth out, everything quiet now. You know, it is what it is. You know, I'm just ready to get back to school, see my friends and, you know, pick up life anew. <clears throat> but his mom clearly recognizes and identifies the fact that your life ain't going to be the same. And you should know this from what happened right. the other night. You, our whole house just got shot up at. Like no, I do think he doesn't. Yeah, I do think he doesn't take in the full gravity of like the. I don't think he understands the ripple effect of what he did. Like I really don't. Now there you go. That's that's best explained right there. Yeah, I think he was scared, but I do think he got more afraid after he went outside and actually saw the bullets and stuff. But I think he was scared. I, I just think he was scared. I think he was just trying to front for her, but. I don't know, but I just don't think he understood the full effect of like how deep the what ramifications. he did was. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he got it. There's ramifications. And so with that being said, he steps out the door, he heads on off to school and he steps on one of the slugs. And I know I'm not the only one that peeped. He left the house with uh, a pair of fire red fives on. I peeped yep. it. I peeped I every pair of George that you, you know that I didn't. 
because I, I later on in the episode, it. later on in the episode, same day when he gets to school, y'all don't pair Timberlands. Yep. yep. Facts. I'm just okay. <laughs> so anyway, he steps out mm. the door. He steps on one of the slugs. He picks the slug up and he's just looking at the slug. And I mean, I don't even know what he was doing in this moment because he clearly got distracted by what was going on. I mean, I don't know if he was reminiscing back to the fact that when he just took the trash out last night, he just got shot at. Or, I mean, he was just, he was in a daze. You see a, a van creeping up the street with a dude hanging out the window. His mom's in the uh, the door. Like, she's watching him go off to school or whatever. So she see the car creeping up the road, too. And she get freaked out and yell out the door after him. And come to find out, it, it was some folks delivering phone books. And that took me back to... Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> that but, took me back when them yellow kids right, used to be laying in your front yard. Yes. Sir. I remember that. Yes. Well, since we noticing things, let me know. Let me say this. I noticed. Did y'all notice that there was not near bullet in the front of that house? Nope. Nope. Okay. I just. I mean, since we noticing stuff, I did. I didn't say it in my review, but I was just like, I. I so ain't none of the bullets hit the front of the house. Nothing. None but I bullets. think there was a car parked in front of the house that got shot up. I thought it was a car yeah. that got shot up. But I'm yeah. just saying, like, not one bullet though. Not one. Yeah. Yeah, but for I mean, slugs again. to be laying in his driveway, right? Yeah, for slugs to be laying in his driveway, you would think that some of them hit the house. I mean, something. But I mean, it's no big yeah. deal. I just thought, since we mentioning things, I just thought I'd bring it up. So, at this oh. point, she's like, I'm going to take you off to school because uh, I'm not comfortable with Sorry. letting you get on the bus. And she's alarmed. I mean, and she rightfully so, she should be alarmed. I mean, she knows that because of his actions, that his life as a teenager is is over. Mm-hmm. And she's right. trying to get through right. his fucking head that, bruh, you, you you can't walk the way you used to walk. You got to be conscientious of what's going on around you all Keep the time. Keep your head on a swivel. Yeah, he, and she tells he, him, I need you to be scared. I'm scared. I he's just ignorant. Scared. He's just really ignorant to the facts because he don't know the game. Right. He wants the game. He wants to be involved in it so bad, but he don't know the game. She's aware of the game and the ins and the outs of the game. So that's why she pretty much keep your head and be your eyes open attitude and trying right. to pretty much embed that into his head as he starts his new life. Because his life is pretty this is a new life for him now. He right. has a romanticized view of it because his family, just like with anything, he sees the he sees all the glory of it. The highlights, you know, yep. the clout, the clothes, the money. But he doesn't reminisce to another character we know, right? He really think he thinks he understands that you know, like you said, I do, I know, ma, I get it, I understand. When you gonna put me on the corner? Like he thinks he gets it, but he really doesn't under because they've 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 kept that part of it from him, so he really doesn't get it. And so, like you said, he think he could just shoot people down in the street and go to school the next day, and it's all good. Like there's no ramification for it. And mm-hmm. so, and she basically tells him that, look, this fear is what's going to keep you alive. Like, you, I need you to live in this fear because without it, you, you're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And so we get to the school and of course there's a fight going on at the school and Kanan and the crew, you know, they kind of uh, make their way through the crowd to see who's fighting. And it's Davina, which is a uh, buck twenties girl. And some other chick. I mean, they scrapping. I mean, they yeah. they down scrapping. She yeah, she whooped her ass. She did whoop her ass. And so uh 
we we realized that they're fighting over Buck. Uh, so apparently Buck had hit old girl the night before he got killed. And um, apparently she must have said something disrespectful about him or something to the effect where Davina took it as, you know, you being disrespectful, you know, uh, my old dude just died and, you know, whatever, whatever, man. She punched the shit out that girl, yo. Yeah. <laughs> man, did you see how she was working? Damn ribs. Yeah. yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. yeah. But my thing is at the end of the day, like, she, well, I hate to say she deserved it, but she deserved it. She had to come. That. that last one, especially that last one, you talking about from he ain't love you, he was with me the night before he died. Yeah, you getting all of this. Like, like, she whatever. got all of it too. Yeah, she de- <laughs> but she deserved it. She deserved it. My yeah. little scrappy say she put the paws on. Right. <laughs> But what you see here is, you know, as the principal is breaking up the fight, you see Kanan um, is standing there looking like he feels responsible for this. You know, he's looking, you know, like, damn, you know, I'm the reason for all this. And mm-hmm. Jukebox, you know, she dropped some facts on it as cold as it was. She was like, they fighting over a dead nigga. It just don't get no sadder than that. Right. I mean, she's right to a point. But, you know, Kanan looks like, damn, I don't started this. Yeah. Right. So we get back to the diner, and uh, we see uh, it's Lulu, Marvin, and Rock. You know, they having breakfast this morning. And, you know, and they're still kind of, like, talking through, you know, how their new life is going to be, you know, how their new situation with business and everything is going to be. Because in last episode, Rock had to give up the corners to Unique to kind of dead the bounty on Canyon. So right. that don't cut into their cash flow. So, you know, they got work that they can't they can't move right now because they don't got no corners. Right. So, I'm sorry, Marvin. <laughs> but Marvin don't ignorant ass over there stuffing his face. <laughs> Marvin don't ignorant ass over there stuffing his face. And, you know, they sit there talking about business. And he come off and start talking about a party. He like, he getting ready to go down to the club and plan a party to let the streets know that they still out here. That's great and wonderful. Kudos to you for that, but they sitting here trying to figure out how they gonna move their work. Didn't I tell you something was wrong with Marvin ass? Didn't I tell you? Didn't I say it? I he's said, not. I, I said something he, is up with that with, with Marvin, man. He doesn't he, think. You know what I'm saying? Like if you look, if you look at like the scene, you know, it's not even that he doesn't think per se. He just has a very carefree viewpoint on everything. But then even a, even like with with what. You know, this goes ties into the spot that you know we talking about now that CG just brought up. Even with Lulu mentioning, like, "Hey, I got this other spot we can tie in," he like he had this look on his face, like, "Why well, I didn't know about that?" Well, he's not as he's not as fixated on the business as Lulu is. Lulu is more um, fixated on the business. Okay, he, he's he's truly is Rock's right hand because right. Marvin mm-hmm. he's just reaping the benefits of being in the family business, but he's not necessarily one of those persons that's making moves in the business, like how Lulu is, and you know Lulu's like, yo, we got to move the stash house because you know our stash house is is hot right now. Well, the reason why he feels like the stash house is getting ready to be hot right now is because they obviously siphoning power off of. <laughs> Another right. house or something, so they're they're kind of worried that the electric company is going to you know peak game to that. So they're trying to figure out where they can move their stash house at. 
So then Lulu comes up with this. Well, I know the, this this husband and wife that own La Bodega. Let's go approach them and see can we use their spot, you know, to stash our drugs. And Rock was like, okay, let's 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 talk about it. Let's uh, figure it out. You know, make it happen. And so they get up and they leave, and his old ignorant ass talking about y'all still come to the party. Well, y'all still come to the party, <laughs> though. <laughs> y'all invited, you know, just pull up. I'm like, why his name got to be Marvin? Why he got to have the same name, my brother? <laughs> hey, I do not like that his name is Marvin, man. Like, come on, man. You get a name, bro. Anything he's kind of like a, almost a comic relief, too. He is. So. A, that, I was he thinking is. the same thing. He yeah, he's kind of like a comic relief. I like that, though. I kind of like it too. Where it's a good balance because you yeah. don't need both of the brothers just hardcore. And Lulu, to a point, doesn't seem to be as hard as he portrays himself to be per se. It's more so at the behest of Rock. You know, she kind of directs him on the movements. You know, otherwise, I don't think that he is necessarily as ruthless as he's coming across to be. Mm-hmm. I think it's more so because he knows that in this game. I got I got this. The life I got to walk. You know this. I, the path I get. That, I I get what you're saying with that, but I think that he's that just one of those. His his demeanor is like, man. If I gotta turn it on, I'm gonna turn it on. Right. He can flip that's the switch. I, that's right. He can flip the right. You know what I find crazy? If I could backtrack, well, maybe not crazy. Um, it's kind of like almost. I I want to say is kind of almost expected. But did y'all notice how he gave his, how Kanan gave his condolences to Davina while they were sitting in the principal office? Yeah, I noticed that. During the whole, you know, during the whole, like right after the fight, I just was like, wow, that's crazy. For a young age to be able to do that. To be so manipulative. Yeah, to be so manipulative, but still be kind of sitting your condolences out, you know, because of her murdered boyfriend at his hands at that age that is crazy mm. so since we own that scene you see Davina is sitting outside the principal's office and she's waiting um her mom shows up to the school and instantly i don't think any of us Woo. even had to take a second guess Woo, instantly you know pick up on the fact that <laughs> her mama is an addict yeah. And you know, Davina and is she, at this point. I think not only is she grieving um, Buck Twenty, but she's also looking at what her life is. You know, she got to take care of her little sister, her mama addict, her boyfriend who was probably helping her with money and stuff just got murdered. So you know, she's going through. I mean, she even sheds a little tear while she's sitting there. And you know, Kenan approaches the situation, and he's uh, because again, he has a crush on her. And going back to the scene where they were fighting, where uh, D. Wiz made a comment about. Oh, damn, she's the finest girl in school, and she got hands. Yeah, I'm about to push up on her. And Jukebox like, uh, her boyfriend just got killed? And she said, he's sing- she, she single? And <laughs> I found it very odd that Kanan didn't check him on that, considering how he feels about her. But then, maybe it's because Kanan hasn't let the rest of his friends besides Jukebox know that he's digging her. But I just found it odd that he didn't confront her about that. But you're right, DJ. For him to go and sit down next to her and offer condolences, and she even checked him on it. She was like, I know you wasn't his friend. I know y'all weren't friends or whatever, but he was a good guy. And he was good to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's sitting there in some, uh, just a moment, just a moment of regret. But it also speaks to his character because we've seen him do other shit 
like this in um pow- in the power series. In the power series when Ghost and Tommy's uh um Prometas was getting hit, you know, he tried to be that helping hand, he tried to be that friend, he tried to offer advice to Ghost or whatever when you were setting the whole narrative up the whole time. So it just it just speaks to the fact that even at a young age he was very manipulative and very mm-hmm. uh, you know gain your trust but really not that person you need to be trusting in. Yeah, but at the same time, if you go back, I don't think he was gonna really check D Wiz for that because D Wiz made a a comment when they was leaving the um cafeteria, and he was like, "Man, if Kanan." would have let me do him do it if Kanan would have let me do it I would have did buck 20 myself and Kanan was like if you want it you can have it but that's not something you announcing out loud no, no he was saying no, no he yeah. was go ahead go ahead no go ahead B no I was saying he was no what he was saying was um because they were saying Kanan feeling some kind of way about what happened and he was like I don't know why Kanan know it was my bullet that did it it yep. was my gun that did. he was basically taking responsibility. Basically, wanted everybody to know he was the one that killed Buck Twenty, and and he and Kanan was like, "Yo, if you want it, you can have it, but it probably ain't too smart for you to be announcing it." Right, wow, in front of everybody. As much as I hate, and I don't want to jump. I'm not jumping all the way ahead, but as much as I kind of hated the way it went down, it kind of probably needed to go down that way because D was showing himself to be a liability. Well, he yep. was, he was, he was doing what everybody do you know i'm a hot board now you know i'm feeling mm-hmm. myself you know mm-hmm. yeah, uh, he wanted his name to ring yeah he wanted yeah. his name to ring yeah he got that body man <laughs> that body charged him up but technically neither one of them and um and we don't know i mean even going back and rewatch the episode we really don't know whose bullet actually killed. no they don't know Mm-mm. and so because he even made a comment when they were shooting uh, did you hit him or did i hit him so neither one of them know which one of the bullets did it, but D. Wiz is going to be an idiot and take the credit for it, and you know, there's your, uh, there's your consequence to your your actions, your consequences. Which so, which almost makes me think that that situation could have been handled differently. I wait till we get to the end because yeah, I'm gonna get to that point because I know exactly yeah. where you're going because I'm gonna tell you where I initially thought it was going. So when okay. the mom shows up to the school, her name is Patricia, and the principal comes out of the office, and she like, you know, the mom starts going off on Davina, so that tells you one thing, that the mom usually has to come up to the school on a regular basis, or the mom just don't want to have to deal with her child. You know, she's one of those mothers that she wants the child to be independent of herself, and she don't have to do anything for the child. You know, she's taking care of the little sister. All that mama want to do is get her next high. You know, she don't want to be a parent. So anything that distracts her from getting high or anything that uh, impedes her from doing that, she's angry and frustrated with her daughter because she got to come up to the school and see what's going on. But there's there's a couple things that come to mind with that because I almost kind of felt like her and the principal was related. But then she called her uh, she called her by Dr. Clark. So I felt like if they to call the principal by her first name. So that took that scenario off the table. But they knew each other growing up. Or she either knows either that they... Davina's mama is an addict and mm-hmm. that that girl is fiending, uh, fending for herself. Right. As I'm going to just say, and I mean, not to go too deep into it, but as somebody in that 
profession, when you see an administrator on that level of, of familiar right. with a parent, it's a couple of things. One, like you said, they might have known each other growing up and she knows her. Or she might have taught her. A lot of times in those neighborhood Facts. schools, people don't Facts, leave yep. the neighborhood. So, I mean, I, I worked at a school where there were teachers there who had taught the parents of the kids we were teaching then. And they, they all knew each other. So uh-huh. when the kids, you know, when the parents would come to pick their kids up, they called them by their first name because they taught them. So, I mean, I'm right. not, I mean, I ain't trying to go that deep. But when I heard her no, but I, call I, her but, by her first name, I was like, yeah, there's a level. She's there's familiar. more there. There's yeah, more she's there. familiar. Yes. Yeah. So I don't feel like you're digging deep into it at all because it, it was a noteworthy point. There was I no feel... formality because she was like, "Girl, if you don't get in here, so we can you. like the way she was almost <laughs> like get in here so we can resolve this." Like there was no formal to that at all. You yeah, know? for her to be an administrator talking to a parent, I agree. Yeah. It was kind of almost unprofessional in a sense. You yeah. know, I'm not yeah. saying that the lady was being unprofessional, but her approach to the Right. situation was more personal than professional. And the fact that she didn't argue back tells you that and they had that kind of relationship. Yeah, right. she went in there. You know, <laughs> yeah. she didn't argue back. She didn't say, excuse me, who you think you're talking to? None of that. She yeah. she got quiet and went in the office. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Go and get your ass in his office because you know, you already right. know what time it is. Exactly. So in our next scene, we see uh, Rock is at a uh, 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 a graveyard and Unique pulls up and you know they have a one they meet and so, let me just comment to a fact again whoever is styling the cast for this show Yo. Them. <laughs> amazing Yo. job the way they're addressing Unique from the hair the makeup the jewelry the outfits I mean all of it is, is just it's on point with that era and that time. The cars that they're driving, it I haven't is. seen anything that doesn't look authentic. Yes, and the way they dress in rock, yo, it's yo, just, rocking, real. They, yo, they rocking, yo. they rocking charms. They rocking medallions on the mug. Oh yeah, right. And Rock's clothes are everything. Like her whole wardrobe is crazy. Yeah, I mean she she's she's the baddest bitch in town when she step out. I mean from head to toe. But what I like about this is they always, even though they are rival drug dealers, and we this is something that we haven't seen in um, previous versions of this this power universe, um, is that rival drug kingpins actually meeting and talking about their issues. They have interorganizational issues because Rock has her issues with Marvin and Kanan and you know, and then Unique has issues. Uh, well, we haven't really seen his inner uh, issues with within his organization. It's more so on Rock's side. But the uh-huh. fact that they can meet and have a conversation and meet without security feels like there's a certain level of respect. However, you it's, it's later, it's very obvious that Unique doesn't have as much respect for Rock because she's a female. And he yep. feels like she's misplaced, that she doesn't belong in this game, that she really needs to step aside, let him run things, and, you know, go and do what a female is supposed to do. And, you know, she ain't hearing that, you know, because she told him in the last episode that she's not going to bow down to any man. So, you know, uh, it, it's further confirmed throughout this episode that she did take High Post's place. You know, her old man, Kanan's father, was in the game. So she's she's had a long history of being involved with people 
who were in the drug game. So she she's been coached and groomed for this. So it's not like she's just some helpless female. She has been groomed mm-hmm. for this. And you know, she's just exerting her control. But at the same time, I felt like she met with Unique to try to get reassurance that the hit has been canceled on Canaan. But you know, again, he confirms that yeah, I called my people off. However, the streets need a body. Mm-hmm. And you cannot control what somebody else's rogue actions are going to be. These people, this man, people ain't going. She even told Kenan that like his people are not going to be satisfied till they find out who's responsible and they get their payback. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's trying every way she can to dead this situation before it escalates further out of control. Because at this point, it is out of control, but nobody else sees it but her. Or nobody else is feeling it as much because it is her son. And she knows that eventually he's going to get caught up because of this. Mm-hmm. And something she said, and this might not be a big deal, but it hit me when she said it. When they first got to the, to the, um, to the, the cemetery and he was like yo I drove around this place three times I thought you was trying to set me up and she was like nope you'll never see me coming and yeah. I, that might not mean nothing but when she said it I was like I feel like that's like some foreshadowing she was like you'll never see me coming and I don't know I just thought it hit me it hit me some kind of way when she said it but well it kind of goes back to uh, the power series because it's just like with what was happening we went two whole seasons I mean we as the viewers had put two and two together probably at the end of season one we knew that Kanan was responsible for all the things that were happening with Ghost and Tommy uh-huh. but they didn't see it coming they right. didn't see it coming especially Tommy Ghost kind of was suspicious of it but couldn't really put his finger around it but, I mean, mm-hmm. Kanan had finessed this whole situation. And speaking of which, I need to go back and retract uh, one of my uh, comments I made in the previous podcast that I felt like Kanan's mom was not going to make it out. She does make it out. Because going back to uh, Power, season two, No Friends in the Street episode, when Kanan gets out and goes to Ghost and Tasha's house, uh, he made a comment to Ghost that um, this was the second place he went. The first place he went was to go see his mom, and then he came there to see them. So that doesn't mean she's not dead. He could have went to the cemetery. Ah, yeah. Man, really being on point with this shit. She's picking up on a lot of things, but I, I still think Damn. I'm going to retract my uh, my initial blue. thoughts, and I'm going to say she makes it out. She survives. But um, going to the next thing, um, now we're at the cafeteria, and then they are talking about the whole uh, thing. But Kanan's kind of looking about. Now he's starting to get spooked because he see everybody looking. So he's thinking that all these niggas is clocking me. Like, do they know? You know? And I'm just, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out why they're even trying to hide behind this facade that, you know, they don't know who killed Buck 20. How is it that all the hitters and everybody that was coming after him in the previous episode was shooting up the place and knew it was him? But now everybody just unsure as to who did it. They shot the dude in broad daylight. They had no mask on or anything. Everybody knew it was them. So I don't understand why they walk into school. They're in school and nobody knows who did it. No, they know it's him, but they but remember Unique called off the hit. So unless they want to piss Unique off, they can't really move. 
Exactly. They know it. Y'all right. about to get ready to say the exact same thing, and you don't want to piss off the the kingpin of the, head, the south right, side. The head I'm still not getting that vibe because even going back to that conversation when he says the streets need a body, it's like okay, well we can put we can put this body on anybody, but I feel like the streets already know who's the responsible person, and they're not gonna be satisfied till they get that body. I think when you he said the streets need a body, I think he was talking more so like family members. Of buck 20 you know and like closer people of buck 20 i don't think even they're talking about like classmates that was going to school with it or anything like that i think and he I was also, just talking about like other people right closer. and i also think that he blowing a lot of smoke up raquel's ass i think he's trying to scare her i think he's trying to keep her on edge her because yeah because again he's he's the kingpin like if he say don't do it don't do it and right. that, that, that doesn't mean that there won't be somebody that takes matters into their own hands, but the, but that's that's not like it, he making it seem like he don't have no control and he absolutely has control. Yep, he's just like, hey, you know, and if it if it's blowback on him, he's just like, hey, that was out of my control. You know what I'm saying? Like they did that on their own. If it's consequences right. for it, then it's consequences for it. But at the end of the day, then was buck twenty people. He basically make it seem like I'm sure he did, but he's making it seem like. Buck 20 had his own camp that wants revenge. Right. Yeah. And again, it goes back to him not having any respect for Raquel. I think if that were a man having that conversation with him, I think the conversation goes a little, I think he's a little bit more, yeah, I think he's a little more, you know, direct and saying, okay, I got you. My people, I'm calling my people off. And if anybody move, they moving against my orders. Like, I just think his attitude is different if it's a man he's talking to versus Raquel. I just, I, I think that's part of it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he definitely wants to spook her and scare her off and just scare her into submission um, or just talk her into submission because, I mean, he's dropping these little nuggets and they are planting seeds and they're growing within her because, as you can see, she reacts to every time they have a conversation. Exactly, which is what he wants her to do. Yeah, she reacts to it. Uh, It may not be irrationally reactions, but she does think it through and she kind of, you know, prepares for uh, what's next to come. Right. So you think, so do y'all think when in the first episode when he said or when they was having the conversation, when they was pretty much having the, uh, the parlay, when they both agreed that they don't want any war, you know, because they both hurting, you know, whatever as far as numbers, muscle or corners or whatever it possibly could be, do y'all think that was just smoke and mirrors? No, I think that's the truth. No, I think, I think yeah, I think he meant that. Yeah, I, I think so too. I agree. So then we see uh, Omar Epps' character, which is Howard, not Malcolm. I called him Malcolm in the previous podcast, but Howard. I think his first um, name is Malcolm. Oh, I called him Melvin in my review. Oops. I think his first name is Malcolm. I think his name is Malcolm <laughs> Howard. Detective Malcolm Howard. Okay, so it is Malcolm Howard. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. I wasn't sure. He's coming out of a coffee shop or a donut shop or whatever. And he's going to get in his car. And I guess this is his partner, um, Bert. And um, they're pretty much having a conversation about uh, uh, the Book 20 case. Uh, apparently, they've been assigned to the case. And she wants to go over and talk to uh, Dwayne's mother. And he's like, Buck 20. Ain't nobody know him by uh, no Dwayne. And what his mama ain't got nothing for us. Danielle? It was Danielle. Maybe Danielle. Danielle Worley. Yeah, Danielle Worley. Danielle Worley. Nah, he's Buck 20. That's what everybody know him by. Ain't no point of going and talking to his mama. 
she don't know nothing. She don't have nothing for us. Yeah, he said if you walk up to anybody in the streets and ask for a Danielle, uh, they're not going to know who the hell you're talking about. And he was like, there's no point of going over there. Because she was like, Bert was like, uh, well, the the captain wants us to uh, go talk to the family. And, you know, they want us to solve this case. You know, basically, the captain doesn't want his clearance. um, He wants to get his clearance rate down. He doesn't want his uh, uh, homicide count to increase. So basically, he's wanting them to, you know, do their work. But at the same time, you know, calm the streets. Because I don't want no more bloodshed. We don't need no more bloodshed. I mean, this is the early 90s. Uh, so, mm. you know, the murders were very controversial. I mean, they still are. But it, in a town like this, you know, it brings when a lot it was of... Drug, right, when it was drug... Because it brings it a lot of <clears throat> unwanted attention to the city and, yep. you know, whoever's in charge. I mean, we see that now even in uh, other series that, you know, when the crime rate is very high, it's very difficult for uh, people who are in a position of power to maintain uh, their their job security when, you know, there's a lot of crime and war in the streets going on. So, uh, he pretty much tells her, you know, that she's, he basically just all but tell her that she dumb as hell. She don't know what the hell's going on. You know, she need to be more <laughs> street conscientious on what's going right. on because she's trying to look at it from a uh, uh, what she learned and policing. And he's like, no, this is the streets. You know, you're going to have to pick up on the facts. And so he was like, we're going to the tailor. And what I wanted to see, and I was just hoping I was going to see this, I, I didn't... Well, he told her she had to stay her ass in the car. <laughs> He told her that she got to stay her ass in the car. But when he said that they were going to the tailor, I was like, yo, are we going to get to see Dapper Dan? Like, that's what I thought. Dapper Dan was the man in that era. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that was supposed to be like a Dapper Dan person. That's what I was thinking. I said, well, he's probably too old to play this character now. But it would have been some type of homage. I wish I would have liked to seen them pay to him. Um, even if the the store would have been Dapper Dan's or something like that, and you know there would have been other workers in the store that was helping mm-hmm. them, but I really would like to have seen that them pay homage to him because he was the man all over New York. He was that designer that that dressed all of the drug dealers and kingpins and rappers and rappers. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Dapper really, Dan is still around. He works, you know, he works for Gucci now. Yeah, he works he for Gucci a, now. Um, you know, I know yeah. that. <laughs> uh, of course, you do. You know, <laughs> if, don't know, if don't nobody know it, you know it. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I know he's still around. But what I was saying is, uh, he wouldn't have been able to play a younger version of himself. Is what I'm saying. I would, yeah. uh, I would have liked to seen it been Dapper Dan that. Uh, that would have been cool. bad. That'd have been Dapper Dan. That'd have been crazy. Yeah, that I would I would have made this would have made me love this show even more because I'm like, yo, they are really going back to everything that was relevant in this era. Um and again, I gotta go back and look at it. Was that Dapper Dan? Well, it just it it you know what it popped in my head so hard that I, I really didn't pay attention. I don't see him in the, I don't see him in the casting, so I'm not really sure about uh, okay. that. would have been a nice credits. cameo. I'm about to yes. say that would have been a nice cameo. Yes, they would have did that. I really would have enjoyed seeing that. 
So I'm sorry I fast forwarded a little bit, but it just it just popped in my head when he said I'm going to the tailor. When he said I'm going to the tailor, I just knew that's who he was talking about. Like, oh shit. They about to have and I'm sure that's who was supposed to be was the Dapper Dan character. Like that, Yes, that's that person, that's who yeah. that character was um based off of. Got it. Yeah, yeah. So we see Marvin show up to the club and um I'm just trying usual. to figure out. I'm just no, this he is not per usual. <laughs> I had to uh I had to argue you? with uh someone last week that said that this was truth. No, this is not truth. No, it's not. This is not the old truth. Truth was in Manhattan. This is in Queens. So it's the club. And they even mentioned the name of the club. I just can't remember what it is. But uh, Marvin approaches the bar and his unique old dude, Symphony, at the uh, bar. And he was like, oh, so you the one who hitting skins with my sister? He looked at him like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't right. your sister. What the hell are you talking about? And he was like, my baby brother told me that you know you've been um, uh, messing with my sister or whatever. He was like, uh, Raquel Thomas, that's my sister. And he said, you all up in that. And he's like, I'm not all up in anything. He's like, good, you better not be, because he's like, I'll fuck you up. He's like, no, right. you won't. <laughs> he said, I, I like, bet he you could have wrote a better line for him. That he, or either he didn't deliver the line, but they could have wrote a better line than that. No, you won't. I'm like, oh, I God. bet you won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's like, I bet like, you won't. I was just kind of like, for for to tell me, he going to fuck me up. I'm not gonna tell you. I bet you won't. I'm gonna be like, hey, hey, bruh, we can do this right fucking now or outside, whatever time, whenever time. Or hey, I'm gonna swing on your ass. Yeah, it I wanted him to swing movie. on him though. I really did. I, bet I don't you know won't. because Mar- Marvin is just ignorant as hell. And I wanted to see Marvin get socked, but like at that moment, <laughs> like I-, I wanted him to, I wanted him to buck up a little bit more to Marvin. He should have. He should have laughed it off. And kept wiping down whatever county he was wiping right, down. Right, if that was the ro- if that was what they was gonna give him, I bet you won't. He could have just laughed and been. He like, should have yeah, been like, yeah. yeah so okay. maybe it was just the <laughs> delivery of the line because the next line he was like, "I want to know what your intentions are with my sister." He's like, "You ain't got to worry about what my intentions are with your sister." He delivered right. that line a little bit better. Right. And uh, I, I bet you he won't. He should have <laughs> hit him with like, "Man, opinions vary." <laughs> like, yeah, I fuck you up. Opinions vary. You know what I'm saying? sarcastic but to just say i bet you won't that was some school shit like yeah come on bro like, <laughs> well, i do feel like he didn't back oh, down against him the, the line was the, the bar and just kind of took a drink like the line was oh, poorly right. written the, the 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 line was poorly written but at the, but what we did see was that he didn't back down like he wasn't scared you know he wasn't trying to you know cower against marvin like, yeah, you know, he, he wasn't intimidated at all. Yeah, he wasn't intimidated. He stood his ground, but you know, it's just poor delivery of the lies, or either the lies were poorly written. But what we saw in that was that, yo, you know, yeah, I'm feeling your sister or whatever, and what we got going on is between us. It ain't got nothing to do with you, right? So you know, keep on moving. And so I, 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 I kind of like that character because I feel like he is going to become part of the family business, kind of inadvertently. Because uh, it's just like going back to what I was saying about Unique and uh, Rock's conversation. She takes things of value from conversations and applies them to current situations. So, you know, being that this dude is real smart and everything, you know, he's going to drop some kind of knowledge on her just about things that he's learning in school or whatever the case may be. She's going to put a spin on that 
and apply it to her business situation is uh, I think that's what we're going to get with the mashup between these two characters. That's exactly but, what I think is going to happen because she is constantly picking his brain. Yep. Yep. Anything yep. that she can get from anybody that will help her situation. And that's why I like her character and the fact that, you know, she is the queen pin, so to speak, because with her being in the driver's seat, she shows she got to keep moving. Yeah, yeah. Like she like she like she takes the wisdom of the streets and she takes the wisdom of other people and she apply it to her everyday life and what she doing out here, you know, to on a day to day. Facts. Totally. Right. Right. Facts. So Marvin old ignorant ass with that sucker in his mouth all goddamn time. <laughs> ask for uh I like <laughs> I know you gonna hate this character, Marvin. You gonna hate this character. Oh Every time I say God, something about Marvin, you gonna think I'm talking I about like Marvin. <laughs> Actually, God, I do kind of like Marvin too. He's just goofy and silly. I yeah. like him. I really do like him. You know what he reminded me of? He reminded me of he reminded me of Rico from Paid and Four, bro. Like the whole time you had Ace and Mitch. Doing the shit they were supposed to do, and this motherfucker talking about partying and everything else. Facts, facts. Yeah. So Marvin asked for um, yeah, his name Rico. <laughs> he should be Rico. He should have been named Rico for real. Uh, Marvin asked where Tony at, and so Tony is the uh, Botox Barbie from uh, last week who got the dog cooked in the microwave. <laughs> I don't know what she is. I don't know what she is because y'all say she's not the club owner, but. You know, she act like she runs the club. So, I mean, she runs the club. Brother. She's just not the owner. I think her okay, brother okay. is the owner. He is his name Hugo. Hugo is the owner. Yes, but I'm just trying to figure out where who she is in comparison to him because, uh, for her to be a publicist of a club, she seems to have too much involvement with the inner workings of the club. Like, mm-hmm. I see her more so as a publicist. I see her more so, you know, working the the guest list for the club, not necessarily the inner workings of the club. But we see her doing a lot of blow. Uh she's back there and I, I couldn't I couldn't determine whether or not that was their drugs that she was sampling or some of her own shit that she said last week she had. So either way she's back there doing some coke. And she offers something tomorrow and he's like, nah, I don't want none of that shit. Or whatever. She's back there getting high. But Part of me kind of felt like she was sampling some of their product because yeah, because Marvin was, said that shit was fire. There was some good shit, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what Marvin said. So Marvin probably gave us a sample, like, man, let me work this work this whole club thing out and get it popping, and, uh, pumping and jumping up. And maybe that maybe that's where where's uh, Lulu and uh, Rock don't think that Marvin is trying to do anything to better the business. Maybe this is the angle that he's working. He's working the club angle. Maybe because um, in the previous episode, you know, that was in limbo. That, you know, she right. get ready to take their drugs out of the club. So, you know, maybe he trying to uh, press up on old girl, you know, flirt with her a little bit and, you know, just cut up with her a little bit and, you know, get the club situation on lock. So maybe this is the angle that he's working for the business is the club side. Maybe. And so... Uh, they got on the subject of the dog. He was like, you they look uh, depressed or sad Why did or just whatever. Like... And she was like, uh, I'm mourning. And then um, she was like, she instantly, uh, as we thought, she instantly says, uh, well, I thought your sister had something to do with it. I just want to know how she came to that conclusion. I would have came it... to the same conclusion. Because of that, because based of the, on one conversation, first the first time that, you that did. first conversation was says a lot. That was the first impression is that first of all, she already knows she's a queen pin. 
you already know that she pretty much don't care for you from the first conversation. I would have came to the same to the same damn conclusion. I mean, like, she definitely would have been on my list of suspects. Like that's some ruthless shit. Like it's not like oh your dog came up missing or your dog showed up on your doorstep. Like in your microwave cook while you're home. Like that's some that is some diabolical shit. Like it is very I, diabolical, she would have yes. definitely been on my list of suspects. Like you like like Dame said, you know who she is. Yeah. You know she's yeah. I, she'd have been on my list of suspects. I should have been on the top of the list. Yeah, <laughs> she'd have definitely been on my list. So, do you is what we're seeing here the beginning of a relationship between Tony and Marvin? I think. Do you so. think they're going to hook up? Yeah, I think eventually. I think so too. Uh oh, we lost. Oh, we lost Marvin. Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so um, we get to uh, Howard or Malcolm. Um, he gets to the uh, Taylors, and you know he walks up in there. Uh, like, you know, he know exactly where to go. He know exactly where they're at. He knows exactly where they're posted up at. So uh, he goes and has a conversation with Unique about uh, Buck 20. And uh, he pretty much, you know, was like, Buck 20 was one of yours. No, he's trying to pick Unique's brain and um, try to figure out, you know, what's his next move going to be or what's going to happen next. And so they go outside and talk. And I get the impression that uh, Malcolm and Unique's older brother, who used to run the organization before he got locked up, were connected. Or at, there was a couple things I took from the, their conversation. I felt like either they were related, or if he was related to his older brother in respect to they grew up together, they ran the streets together, one with legit, one stayed in the game. Because he was pretty much, you know, uh, campaigning for Unique to, you know, take over. He was like, there can only be one king. And, you know, uh, Raquel, she know the rules or either she don't give a fuck about the rules, but either way, she got to go. And he was like, you know, if you um, can assure me that there's going to be no more bloodshed, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you're the king. So obviously he's a dirty cop. Of course, we expected him to be a dirty cop. We knew that he was not going to not be a dirty cop. We know that any police character in a power series is going to be a dirty cop. And that was a little irritating for me right there because I'm so sick and tired of the dirty cop element. Right? But you can't have no drug game without it, though. I guess so. But I, I also, so. I, I take something different from that. So I, I took both things differently. One, I didn't necessarily take it that he was connected to Unique. I took it that he's got a history with Raquel. That date, like he don't fuck with her. So that's you think like they used to him. fuck around? And, I don't you know. know. That's what I was saying. I'm not sure what it is yet. I don't know if they. That's they the way I took it around. too. I took it that he. I took it that he don't fuck with Raquel, and it's not necessarily about unique. It's about getting her. Yeah, I don't I think, think he cares who's on the other end. I think he's trying to get her. I, it could be Joe Blow on the other side. That's how I took it. And I didn't necessarily take it that he's, I mean, I guess in the strict sense of the word, he's a dirty cop, but I don't take it as he's a dirty cop, like he's on the take. I took it as he bends the rules to maintain order. That's why like, I watch this. That's I like you see what I'm saying? Like, I, I didn't take is. it, I don't take it as he's just out there, just, you know, like, you know, shaking drug dealers down and killing people and all of that. I just take it as I know what's going on on the streets, I'm connected. I do my job, but I also know I have to play within certain guidelines of of what's going on in the streets. That's and how he, I took it. And he also showed his muscle 
like before the interaction that he had with Unique, and you know when the goons you know stepped up, like yo, who the fuck is this walking through the door? You ain't just by great walking in like this, you know. He was like, you know, either you forgot who the hell you are, or you don't know who the fuck I am, you know, or whatever. You know, he showed his he showed his character and who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, to the south. Right. You know, to the it's south definitely side. respect there. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, to the yeah. south side. Like and I think, and I think, you know, like really be said, he doesn't, he doesn't break the rules, but he definitely bend them, or he might turn the other cheek during certain, you know, criminal activities. I like that. Y'all got y'all got a very good uh, character analysis of him, because I got a totally different vibe from him. So. I like this. Okay, so I'm gonna hold on to this. Then I'm I'm gonna look at him. I'm gonna look at his character in a different approach now that y'all put that spin on it. Because I was looking at it in a sense that he is connected to Unique um, from the past, not necessarily with Unique, but you know with Unique's older brother. Because there's just too much reference. There's too much conversation in regards to hypos and the brother and all that. So I felt like he grew up with yeah. all of them. And he probably did, but remember, yeah. Raquel got her her family on the other side. He could have very well grew up with all True. of them. You know what True. I'm saying? True. Yeah, I think he just got a better rapport with Unique than he does with, you know, Raquel running the thing. It all could be the fact that she's a woman. It could be that, you know, or it could be, you know, something yeah, else that he just don't fuck episode, with. She ran his ass off. Yeah. Right. When he came up there after her house got shot up, you know. She pretty much like, I ain't talking to you. <laughs> you know, my son ain't got nothing to say about this. Right, you know, and they knew exactly who each other was. Like, you, you, it was clear that there's a history there now. What that history is, I, I'm not, I can't say. It could be that they were friends. It could be that they used to mess around. It could be a family tie, but there's a history there, you know, because he walked yeah. right up on her. He knew exactly who she was. He knew exactly what was going on. He, he knew what that. exactly had don't happen and why it happened. Yeah, he knew yeah, exactly, yeah. He he knew exactly why streets. it had happened. He probably was familiar with high post, you know, and, and every day before Raquel, you know, became into, you know, came into the fold as being the queen pin. It could be like a number of things, you know, but the one thing that I did pick up on was his respect that he has in the streets. He don't want nobodies because that just look bad. He just wants you to do your drug deals. Let's get this understanding. You you sell your drugs or whatever, but we're not gonna have these bodies, especially teenage boys. Right, right. But one thing I do like that they're doing with this his character is slow development. I really like that. I really like how they're. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how his character unfolds. Unlike what they did with Mary J. Blige in book two, where episode one, a uh, first scene, you know, we have to uh, clearly identify that she's the star of the show. That you know she's a name brand star of the show, and she has to be in every other scene, and she has to be. I like how they're doing with his character. That yeah, yes, yeah, Omar Epps, but you know he's playing a regular character in the show. The show is not centered around him. I feel like book two is more so centered around Mary J. Blige's character than it is around the show itself. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you have that kind of star power on a show, it tends to take away from the narrative of the show. So I like mm-hmm. how he's kind of a background character and mm-hmm. the rest of the show is allowed to play out and not every scene that's in the show you're looking for, okay, Omar Epps is going to be in here. Omar Epps is going to be in here because he's a cast of the show. Is I don't want I don't have to see him every five minutes. So I really like how they are uh, slowly developing his character. So it's going to be very uh, interesting to see how that unfolds. Um, 
so we shoot to the uh the kids there coming home from school um which I thought she had told Marvin at breakfast that Marvin needed to pick up Kanan, but you know he's still walking home from school with the rest of his friends. And, and he Marvin was too busy at the club with, uh-huh. Bar- with Botox Barbie. Yeah, he was too busy at the club with Botox <laughs> Barbie. But he does pull up on uh, them, and he says, "All right, Kanan, I'm going to take you to your after school job or whatever." And, but before Marvin pulls up, you know the the. The crew wants to go to the uh, pizza place, play video games, you know, hang out. You know, they want to have a kid life. And I'm thinking to myself, D. Wiz, you know, Kanan got someone in his ear. His family is in his ear telling him that you need to lay low after what's happened. D. Wiz, your first thought is to want to go back to the pizza place and play video games. Have you just shot up somebody? Like, you ought to be hot for yourself. Like, you ought to know that it's hot right now. I need to lay low, too. You know, I just thought it was stupid that he was all excited about wanting to go back to the pizza place and y'all just literally shot someone yesterday. Right. Um, like I said, then, a liability. Uh, he was a liability. Um, and Jukebox, you know, they asked Jukebox, do she want to come? She was like, no, I got plans. And they were like, there you go with your little secret plans again, whatever. She kind of goes off on them. Of course, she's very sensitive to the fact that she thinks that people might be suspicious about what she's really going to do or whatever. And, you know, can't run interference for her and was like, nah, she's going to work on her demo. You know, she's going to work on her demo, but really she was going to see old girl. Um, and so when Marvin pulls up, you know, he offers her a ride, but it was real awkward how he offers her a ride because almost like an afterthought yeah it was an afterthought that's exactly what it was his first thought was getting Kanan and then you know right before he's getting ready to pull off oh by the way you need a ride and it's your daughter <laughs> like, that should right. be your first thought mm-hmm. you know at the very least ask her how her day is So, but I- this says a lot about their relationship too and like right. because it feels like even from the first episode it just seemed like jukebox is not an outsider but she, she's introverted. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's introverted. Kind of a, yeah, she's, she don't have to be introvert. around her family. She don't, even though I mean, her and Kanan are close or whatever. She don't make every move with Kanan. But the family looks for her to be everywhere Kanan is, and you can even see it in this scene right here. Marvin looks disappointed when she doesn't want to get in the car and ride with him. He looks disappointed, like I want my child to be in the business too. You know, I want her to be part of this life or whatever the case may be. She walks off and going and do her own thing. So she's But she's very... still figuring out herself, though. Like, she, you know, like, she, she's, she really don't want to talk female, about the music she's thing. she's the only female around. So, you know, I, I have to imagine that, you know, she's not necessarily comfortable in this, this world. It's very similar to what Raquel's going through. She's the, a female in this. She's trying to figure things out for herself and how what she wants to do with herself. But her interest lies more so within discovering herself Mm. what's going on with the uh the whole criminal element of their of their family she knows about it she accepts it you know she doesn't try to one thing i like about her character is she doesn't necessarily begrudge her family or look at her family in a negative sense because they're criminals but at the same time that ain't what i'm trying to do at this moment in time in my life at this moment in time in my life i'm trying to figure out you know why i had these feelings for this white girl <laughs> and, and with like with the music thing, like she, they like they look at, or at least her father look at her like, you, you singing, you doing this, you wasting time, you know this, you wasting time, and it's kind of like she's in the eyes of her father, she just doesn't fit in. She's disappointment. She's yeah, a disappointment. yeah, she just doesn't fit in. You doing she's all this other shit instead of taking care of you know this and trying to be involved in this. You doing everything else. 
Which you live, I really, you being a teenager. Gonna, I was going to speak to this a little later on when we got to the scene, but I'll go ahead and make my comment in, in, in relative to uh, Jukebox. But I would really expect for Raquel at some point to check Marvin about that because, you know, this is her niece. And, you know, she's a female, you know, let this child live her life, you right. know, uh, don't make her out to be something that she's not ready to be or she doesn't want to be or whatever case may be. So I'm really looking for Raquel to step in and uh, because I, I want to see where Jukebox's mother is or at the very least, I want to hear the story. Um, yeah, I do too. I'm curious about that too. About the whole mother situation, you know, was she an mm-hmm. addict, was she, and you know, in light of Marvin's character, she could have just been a one night stand type situation you know mm-hmm. so I, I really would like to see this element of how Marvin is the full time parent and you know where's the mother at you know is she a baby mama you know so it's going to be interesting to see how that I'm unfolds. sure it was that he had no choice situation because Marvin don't seem like the kind of person that's volunteering to be a full time dad right right especially of a girl you know there's a, there's a certain level of parenting for a male that has to uh, be a single father to a girl. You know, mm-hmm. if he was raising a boy, it would be a little bit different. You know, if it was reverse, where uh, Jukebox uh, lived with Kanan and Raquel, and, you know, she was kind of the mother figure for Jukebox. But Jukebox seems to be very just kind of like Davina's character, you know, fending for herself type situation. Mm-hmm. Even though she has a family or whatever, she's kind of just out there as a loner. Um. So in the next scene, you see uh, Lulu and Raquel pull up to, uh, I guess they're going to the bodega to check it out. You know, Raquel wants to check it out. And she sees the boys, uh, Famous and D-Wiz, come out the store. And um, she was like, what are y'all boys getting ready to go do? And, she, and they was like, oh, we're getting ready to go uh, play video games, Miss Thomas. And um, Lulu give them some money and said, well, it's on me. Y'all go have a good time or whatever, whatever. I felt like in that moment, they were sizing him up then. And yeah. um, she asked, because she even asked about his uh, mama. She said, D-Wiz, how your mama doing? And she's like, oh, he was like, she all right. Uh, my older brother just got out from upstate. And, uh, you know, she having a hard time dealing with that. She's like, he's like, I think she likes it better when he is locked up. So in that moment in time, this scene, I instantly felt like that was going to be they the pansy. I felt like that was going to be the person that was going to get the body because he's in and out of jail. He's in trouble or whatever. The mama don't really want him around. I felt like that that was who they were going to use, their muse, to get a, put uh, a Buck 20's body on. So then Lulu starts talking to Famous about the sister. And you can tell that Famous is trying to run interference. Yeah, um, he ain't feeling it he ain't at all. Feeling it. <laughs> at all. And Lulu's getting <laughs> pissed about it. You know? She really don't like she don't really like cereal like that. <laughs> she don't like milk like that. Yeah, she don't like milk like that. Lulu's getting bad as shit too. He's like, just tell her I said hi. Damn. So did anyone else get that impression that they were gonna set up D Wiz's brother? Well, I didn't know they was gonna set up D Wiz's brother. I knew they were gonna set up D Wiz when they were at the cemetery. And Unique said, the streets need a body. I, I knew then. I said, it's going to be D-Wiz. Because it's only a choice of two people. It's either D-Wiz or Kanan. It wasn't yeah, going to be Kanan. I knew like, when they had that conversation, too. I was like, it's going to have to be D-Wiz. I was like, either they're going to set D-Wiz up for somebody a buck 20 to, you know, to get him, you know, or they're just going to play clean up themselves so they can get back to business. 
The, yeah, I the, thought they were just going to turn them over. I didn't I, think they were going to do what they did. I thought they were just going to turn turn them over to unique uh, to to the organization. That's what mm, I thought. They were that's do. exactly what I thought. I mean, we're all on the same point, um, on the same path with that because that's exactly the feeling I got. However, I didn't think that it was going to be D Wiz, especially knowing that it's Kanan's best friend or whatever. So I, when they had the conversation about the brother, I just felt like that was the whole point of them having the conversation was that oh, we were going to. Uh, set his brother up. Is he's going to be an easy mark to set up? So that that plot twist was very uh, unexpected for me because so I didn't I didn't see that. With maybe I'm, I'm I might be moving ahead. The conversation when they was talking in Coles and they said, you know, Jackie Robinson. Okay. Am I moving too? Am I moving too far? Like, was that the code for? It's going to be D Wiz. Yeah, that was the code for tonight. He was like, she was like, it'll be a perfect, this would be a perfect chance for Jackie Robinson. Okay, got you. All right. Okay. Okay. Now, but, I don't know what the connection to Jackie Robinson is. Yeah, I've been trying to figure it out. That. Yeah. Well, I thought, I, I thought it was, well, we'll get a little bit deeper into that when we get to that scene. But okay. in this scene, I was moving too far. Ahead, in I'm this sorry. scene, they're, they're going into the bodega and you see, uh, Juliana, and, uh, which was the chick that he was telling them about at breakfast that had already approached him about wanting to do business. And so he goes in and starts talking to her and the husband comes out and he's like, how the fuck you know my wife or whatever? My wife don't talk no business. You talk business with me. And you see the wife all beat up. So, and you see Raquel kind of sizing that situation up. Like, she looking at the girl with the black eye or whatever. And in that moment, you see right there that I'm I'm gonna take care of this for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I took I got the same impression. She's gonna put like, a battery yeah. in that lady back. Yeah, so definitely. I, I, that yeah. lady gonna end up becoming like she gonna become she gonna she gonna her and Raquel gonna form a bond. You know, that's gonna become her new I'm not gonna say business partner or whatever, but she's going to get rid of this this abusive husband situation and their their ties, their business dealings or their relationship is going to grow stronger. So this lady, I feel like this lady is going to be an intricate part of how they do business going forward mm-hmm. once they eliminate the husband. But you could just see in that moment she was looking at him, at her and that's what takes me back to Raquel's character. She seems to be very uh, all for empowerment of women. Um, just how she speaks to the fact that she's not going to bow down to a man. She's a female in the drug game. So she's all about uh, bringing women up. So it's going to be very interesting to see her interactions with her niece because of her uh, approach on how she feels about uh, women in general and, and, and being self-serving to a man. So um, they go in the back and they talk to the uh, husband and the husband trying to shake them down. You know, they already told him, look, we'll make all the upgrades and everything for the store or whatever. You know, we'll pay the rent or whatever. Sweet deal. But the husband wants, you know, half of the profits. Right. And it was like, well, uh, Lulu was like, you go get out here and do half of the work. Right. Otherwise right. You get You're going to get on that corner. Right. Otherwise, you get what we're giving you. And so I feel like it won't be long before they figure out a way to eliminate the husband. And um, then they're going to really be able to uh, run drugs out that bodega. Um, I just thought about something that don't have nothing to do with this, but put a pin in it. At the end, we can go back to. Um, I just remember something about Canaan and his mother, but it it's, it goes back to uh, power, so we can talk about. No, that. go ahead, bring it up because I bring up those references quite a bit throughout the show. <laughs> no, I just remember the reason why we know that Canaan's mother is dead is because remember when Canaan died. Remember, um, 
Um, nobody came for him. Tariq, Tariq had to get his ashes because he didn't have nobody else. Nobody came for him. Right, 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 right. But I don't, I have a different approach to that. I feel like his mother is alive, but I feel like at some point their paths are going to, uh, they're going to go on different paths. I think they're okay. going to go on, on, on different pathways. So I feel like Kanan's mother is not necessarily going to be proud of what he becomes. That's the impression I'm getting. Even though she's groomed him to be this, but, you know, we know Kanan to be very ruthless and very uh, um, heartless. I mean, he yeah, killed she his really own didn't son. groom him. She, he sort of forced her hand. She had no intention. That, that's what I'm saying. Business. All this yeah. is going to become a, a ultimate disappointment for her because technically she didn't um, groom him by tor- choice, but she ultimately ended up having to groom him because of his choices. But I right. think as as their relationship, uh, as he gets older, he's going to get a little bit uncontrollable. Uh-huh. And he's going to get a little bit wild and reckless and do crazy shit. Because at the end of the day, uh, Kane's mama wasn't running things. Breeze was. So at some point the the power is going to transition from Raquel to Breeze. That's true. Okay, I, so, I, I see. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So I feel like uh, at some point I think that uh, Raquel's character and Kanan are going to be on the outs. So to got speak. you. Okay, I got you. That makes sense. So we pull up to the stash house and Marvin is dropping. Um, Kane and all. What I would have liked to have seen, this w- would have been a re- very redeeming factor of Marvin's character, if they would have had Marvin take Kanan in and just have a conversation with him about the family business and what happens here and what is this. You know, this uh-huh. is a dash house, blah, 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 blah. But instead, he drops him off for Scrappy to deal with all that. And, uh, you know, basically, uh, Scrappy is... Uh, He's the, he's the muscle for the stash house. And for that to be their stash house with all their drugs there, they only got one muscle there? I mean, because, you know, we've seen Tommy's stash house. Tommy had people all over the stash house. Right. And right. most stash house has uh, a lot more muscle in it than um, what they had. But I guess Scrappy that dude. <laughs> but then it goes back to what they was with, what Unique said last episode. Neither one of us can afford a war. Like we mm-hmm. all, like they, we, they don't have. Maybe the they don't have it. Right. That's maybe right. They don't we have don't no have muscle. the muscle. I agree with that. But uh, I think what we're going, what we're starting to see here is, Canaan's uh, first initial lessons is going to come from Scrappy. Uh, even though Scrappy don't seem to be too thrilled about having the babysit right now because he even says it. But um, I think eventually he's going to grow fond of Kanan, so to speak, and he's going to start, you know, giving his one-pointer lessons to uh, Kanan as well. So one of the things that we we see with Kanan's character is he's had many different influences. It wasn't one just singular influence that he's had to mm-hmm. create him. Very much so is what we saw with Tariq. Tariq had very a lot of point of references to pull from, from Ghost, Tommy, Kanan, Tasha. Uh, he had a lot of different references to... Um, become what he became and i think we're, we're seeing that with kane and kane had his entire family and their muscle uh to school him and, and bring him up so when we meet kane is he's he's been groomed for years at this point um to be this ruthless killer and so um and when marvin is in the stash house i just knew that this was going to be an opportunity for marvin for us to see marvin's you know, 
point of view on how the business is being ran and whatever the case may be because you know he makes little comments uh about the business and things like that and even raquel said it at breakfast that morning she was like he's sitting here talking about planning a party and and we sitting here trying to figure out how to uh restructure the business if that don't say everything i don't know what else exactly exactly we keep getting references to marvin being the fuck up like marvin should be uh running the business. He's the oldest. Mm-hmm. So he should be running the business, but because he's so he's he's so scattered, he's not a good source to run the business. So the sister has to step up and run the business, whereas it should be Marvin that's running the business. Uh-huh. And so, uh, you know, Kanan's like, this ain't what I thought I was getting ready to do. I thought I was getting ready to be out here on the corner. And I'm like, he's absolutely stupid if he thinks that, <laughs> you know, after he killed one person, you know, he's ready to be a gangster. He, you got a lot to learn. And, exactly. And so we switched down to uh, jukeboxes out on the streets with, you know, I guess one of her homeboys or whatever, and they selling fence good. I didn't feel like they were selling knockoff stuff. I actually feel like they were, uh, you know, selling stolen goods. Because Buddy was draped in polo, and you know me and Crystal, and you too, Damon. <laughs> we love our rap boy. <laughs> You know, we love our Ralph Lauren, but he had polo on from head to toe from the polo boots. I got these boots right now. I got these boots right now. I am going to post them tomorrow. I got these boots right now that Buddy had on. That just took me back because those were my very first pair of polo boots I had in 1990. I still oh have God. them. Well, I have a pair oh of lightning, not the pair that I had in 1990. I was about to say, oh my goodness. But you know what that what that that scene I don't I mean I, I didn't get the impression that it was fake either. But what that said to me was that, she got a different type of hustle for her money. Well, no, well, that's not what it said. What it said to me was her father has no problem getting her what she wants materialistically, but he wouldn't give her money for studio time because he thinks it's a waste of time. To, she had right. She had to hustle for studio time to get the money for studio time, whereas he could have just given her the money he spent on that coat that she's selling, but because he doesn't support it and he doesn't see any value in it, he he wouldn't give her the money. So she got to go out here and sell her stuff and hustle to get three dollars $400 for studio time. That's how I took it. Okay. Because that's why I believe it absolutely was real. It's the stuff that he buys her because he don't have no problem buying her whatever she similar, wants. Similar viewpoint, but a whole different way where I got here. Where I got here is because she walked up on Old Buddy and Old Buddy was out there selling stuff already. And to me, what we were being shown in this scene was that she has a hustle and a hustler's mentality as well. She just has a different approach with it because initially, Old Boy was selling his stuff cheaper. And when she walked up and tried to sell the jacket for two fifty, you know, he was kind of looking at her like, "You're not gonna sell that jacket for no two fifty. And she proved that she could. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I feel like they were selling like, uh, you know, stolen clothes or whatever the case may be. I don't, I didn't get the impression that she was selling her clothes, that mm. she was selling whatever. And I don't even think that she was doing it for the studio time because we have yet to see her in the studio. I think Kane and this, but that's what she said though. She said, "I got my money for the studio. I'm out after she sold the coat." She was done. She, she did said, I got say my that. studio money. Yeah, she did say that. Yeah. So that's why I took it as this what she had to do to get money for the studio. But I do agree with you. asking her father. I do agree with you that she would rather hustle up the money than to go ask Marvin for it because he doesn't believe in it. He doesn't accept it. And he's and not going to give her the money. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't think he would give it to I do agree with you on that part of it, but uh, I think where we our lines differ is I don't necessarily think that she was selling her clothes. I think that she was they they selling stolen goods. Is okay, the way you I think she out there boosting? Okay. Or somebody they got somebody out there boosting for them. I don't necessarily think that they're the ones that are doing the boosting, but I think they got somebody out there doing it because let me tell you, they were all draped in polo from head to toe, <laughs> the whole the, family, even <laughs> yeah. the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she pulled up the boxes. Yeah, she had a brown four boxes on. Like shit, you got the game fucked up. You think this yeah, fake? Like fucked up. I right, yeah, you got you got like fucked up. And you think I'm, <laughs> I'm draped around Lauren from head to toe? And I mm. remember that jean jacket with the corduroy lapel. Oh my god, man! I remember. I, I had a stuff. um, I had a polo uh, jean jacket. It wasn't that exact one, but I had a polo jean jacket. It had American god. flag on the back. I think that was the one that she sold him. The jacket she sold him had the flag on the back, didn't it? Yeah, but it wasn't a jean jacket. It was like a like a down jacket. Yeah, like a little coat. down jacket. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, mine was a, it was a jean, Yeah, mine was a jean jacket. Yep. But um, they, I'm telling you what, uh, Ralph Lauren is getting a lot of publicity. <laughs> they're probably paying. They're, they're, there's no way in the world that that they're not paying. It's too much product placement. They, it's so much have, product placement because even with Kane and Lane in the bed at um night, like who's sleeping polo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's too much product placement, and the reality is, you you can do the '90s without it being that much product placement of Polo. Yeah, Polo was or that one brand big. because you know we had yeah. other brands that There's were so many just other, as right. popping. Um, besides Polo, what about the cross colors? Had, what about Tommy Hilfiger, Nautica, yeah. uh, Jabot? You had all kind of stuff that was going on. Oh, out yes. there. Ooh, I forgot about a lot of stuff. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah. So yes, I think that the product placement with Specifically, Ralph Lauren is yeah they they are obviously a sponsor, uh, some way, shape, form, fashion. But um, so we switch to the next scene. You know, Kanan at home, and he got the nerve to check his mom. And I just it just takes me back to those moments with Tasha and Tariq, where Tariq always used to try to run up on Tasha and make her tell him about what's going on in the family business. That was one of the things I didn't like about uh, Tariq's character was he felt like because he he had a right to demand and know what was going on in the family business or whatever, but I'm hoping that Kanan's character doesn't turn into that like how Tariq did. Well, Raquel handles him differently. She does handle him. She tells him what's going on, but at the same time, she also let him know how stupid you are. Like, right. think about this. You got to learn how to be a follower before you can be on some leadership. Right. You know, you got to learn your place. You got to learn how to take your role and your position and your time and do what's asked of you before mm-hmm. you can transcend to the next level. You ain't ready for the next level yet. You just dumb as hell. Like, go wash your ass and get ready for dinner. <laughs> you know, I I love how she handles him because she's handling him like, you know, she's handling him like she's she's got the situation under control with her child, whereas Tasha was completely out of control with Tariq and did not know how to handle him, like because you you saw that many times when she called on Ghost and said, you know, I, I need help this boy. She seems to be very well equipped to, I guess, because she has brothers. I guess because she has brothers, she seems very equipped to deal with a teenage boy because even in the last episode I really expected her brothers to step in and check him I did on, too on how he was speaking to her and Raquel yeah. is way more street knowledgeable than Tasha by far yeah because she had more of a role in in yeah I agree with you on that you know by far yeah I mean he that Canaan is de- definitely trying to challenge her 
but mm-hmm. the way she responds to him is totally different. Like, mm-hmm. like even even though he got real disrespectful with her, I feel like last weekend I was like the same thing. I was waiting for the brothers to say something. She still she still got them together though. You know, she still got them together. You know, um, and then even with the um, with um, her tr- him trying to check her about his job down to the stash house, she didn't back down. She was like, I absolutely did put you on ice, and this is exactly why. You know, so like she she doesn't back down she doesn't she doesn't um kowtow to him whereas I felt like Tasha did to Tariq. Yeah. Tasha would give in to that and she I don't gave feel like in she to gives him in. just to keep her relationship with Tariq. Like Absolutely. This is the, I have to make my child happy so I got to give in. I agree well, wholeheartedly. I agree. Um so the next scene we see that um um Marvin Lulu and um, Raquel are sitting down um, at the house and they're, they're, they're having a conversation and um, Raquel is pretty much it seems more so like Raquel and Lulu have their own code of conversations because even when they was at the hospital and they was going to visit old boy he got shot up you know they were talking in code there I don't see Marvin because Marvin don't know what the hell they be talking about Marvin just uh, be lost because the first thing that came out of her mouth was, what's today's mathematics? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they started talking. And Marvin was like, I don't know. You know, he's talking about the party. And then that's when um, Raquel gets the epiphany and she looks over at Lulu and was like, mm, today would be a perfect night for Reggie Jackson. And so I'm still trying to come up with did she raise, Did you say Reggie Jackson or Jackie Robinson? It was Reggie Jackson. Oh, okay. <laughs> I still, either way, I still don't get the reference, but I, I don't get the reference either. I was hoping that one of y'all did because I don't. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, Reggie Jackson was Mr. October. That's it. That's all I know. Like he was, because I was like, so is he going to kill somebody with a baseball bat? Like that's I, I what. Didn't yep, know. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for. But you see this ominous look on Lulu's face. Like he's like he knows he's processing it. He's processing it. Oh, he's coming up with a plan on how to make the Reggie Jackson come to the forefront. Right. And there may be uh uh I don't know, I guess we'll have to do some research and recap that on the next podcast on what the reference was because I was thinking baseball too, but <laughs> Yeah, that's all I got. I just know that Reggie Jackson was Mr. October because he during the playoffs he was so reliable. That's all I know. Cause he looked at her like, Are you sure you want me to do this? And she was like, I don't like right. it either. He didn't even yeah. have to say anything. The look on his face said it because she's like, I don't like this either. I don't like this idea either, but it has to be done. And exactly. Marvin, old ignorant ass, just sitting there like, what y'all talking about? And he said, what this shit got to do? He's like, what my party got to do with Reggie Jackson? He's like, what y'all talking about? And right. she looked at him like, you just dumb as hell. <laughs> and she get up and walk off. <laughs> she looked at him like, you just dumb as fuck. Yeah, you don't know shit. So, he is definitely out the loop. He's just way out. He, the loop. Yeah, he's way out the loop. So then you see Kanan at back at the stash house, snooping all around the stash house, you know, just looking to see like why the fuck am I really even here? Mm. And he gets down there and sees where I guess where to keep all the drugs at. And Scrap was like, uh, mind your business. <laughs> and he was like, This is my business or whatever. He's like, Nah, your mama put you here to be watched, be kept up with. To be babysit. 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 So I think that this is where we're going to learn that, you know, Scrappy's going to pretty much take him under his wing just a tad bit. I'm not going to say full force, but, you know, we're going to we're going to see where Scrappy's going to educate him on on 
you know, what happens at the stash house and what's going on here and how to protect the stash house. Because you even see that in the power series when they went to go rob Tommy's stash house. Uh, Kanan knew the inner workings inside out of how to move around in Tommy's stash house without even never having been there. So that just tells me right there he's very familiar with those type of operations and how they're set up and you know where they have muscle at, where they keep the money at, where do they mm-hmm. keep the drugs at. He seemed to be very well well versed in that. And remember, he trained them. He did train them, yep. So he, he trained Tommy and Ghost. So a lot of why he was able to stay a step ahead of them for so long is because he, he's following he his own movement. game book. He yeah. knew he knew their movements. He knew what their movements would be based off of his training. Based on yes. what he taught them, yeah. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. And so uh then you see jukebox um she's down at this I guess she's at a I didn't know where she was at, like a a, a boutique. Yeah. yeah. Does the girl work like. at this boutique? Is this her family's boutique? Because I think they were just hanging them, out shopping. They were just hanging out shopping. Okay. Because the little girl offered yeah, to buy her a shirt and jukebox got mad. Like, she got mad okay. as shit about that. Like, I'm not your charity case. But she's clearly interested in this girl. But everything this girl does to try to um, get close to her jukebox is pushing her away. And, and I think a lot of that's coming because she hasn't truly accepted her sexuality. So she don't mm-hmm. know how to receive this. And then she's white. So I, I'm sure she's just conflicted in so many different ways because, you know, it's not, not only am I gay, but then I'm going to bring a white girl home with me. Like, I know right. that my family is not going to to accept this. So I, I think she's very challenged and conflicted in what's going on with her feelings. But somehow, some way in that conversation, she ended up kissing a girl in broad daylight and outside. I so. said the same thing. I was like, so we go from, like, now we in broad daylight, just, Okay. I think she was developing more of a comfort with her, though. And that's why she felt yeah. as though she'd or, be able to do that. Yes, or did she see that this girl really do care about her? That too. Like, yeah, she care about me. Like, she don't even care that, you know, um, um, I, I'm, I live in the hood. One, she don't care that I live in the hood. Two, she don't even necessarily care that, you know, I have money or whatever the case may be. I just, I, I just want to be with you. Because she explained it, you know, like, when she was talking to her, she was like, you know, I thought buying you something was a show how much I care, how much I like exactly, it. Exactly. Yep. It wasn't to offend you or anything like that. Like you can't afford it, you know, but you when you were younger, you think, hey, if I buy a girl a teddy bear, I really like her, or some shit like that. I don't know. I don't remember that far back. But um that was my impression on that scene. It was like, I really like you. And I thought for me to show you that I like you, here's a token to show that I like you. And so I agree with that, D. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think that's exactly the uh, the message that the young lady was trying to convey to Jukebox. But again, Jukebox is just so, she's so caught up in her feelings, mm-hmm. you know, and she just don't know how to receive it. And I think what we're seeing with that kiss is that she's starting to accept the fact that this girl really is feeling me. Right. Mm-hmm. So we see uh, Raquel is getting ready for her night out. Uh, which uh, I think she did it very well. She planned everything the night of Marvin's party, so it's it's a good reason for her to be out the house and dressed the way she's dressed. But really, she wasn't. She had no intentions on going to the party. That's where she wanted Kanan to believe that she was going, and um, she was going on a date. 
And so that was a I love that dress. That that was a badass dress she had on too. And then she even tells Kanan because you know they're in the room talking. She had already had all this planned out because she had the went got New Jack City on VHS. And she's like, <laughs> I'm gonna be out tonight. I'm gonna be Who out tonight so you to? can have a friend over. Uh, the sleepover. She said, "Why don't you call D. Wiz?" She should have just left it at, "You can have a friend over tonight," but she specifically wanted him to call D. Wiz. She, it would have even been received better if she would have said, "You can have famous and D. Wiz over," but she she left a nugget for Kanan. Kanan's going to pick up on that. But Katie, I was about to say right then and there, Katie didn't pick up at that moment that. You know that she was trying to line D Wiz up, like she, yep. like he didn't pick that up right there to there. But he will after his friends being found dead. I oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I think he'll he'll pick up on it then. Um, and and let's not forget Jubak, though. Right. Yeah, because uh, after she leaves and goes on her date with uh, Symphony, you see D Wiz. Well, he calls D Wiz. He calls yeah, a couple times. Up and told him to come over. No, yeah. he called. He called him right before she got ready to leave or after she leave and invited him over. Because mm-hmm. that's why he was walking towards their house, and Lulu was already, you know, waiting for him to right. walk up so he could offer him a ride. And so, right, and that's, that's why they had to be specific. It, 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 it sort of tilted their hand, but they needed it to be D. They didn't need for it to be famous, and they couldn't afford for it to be famous and D together. Because it had they wanted to be it him. to be where it was a situation of convenience. Right, they had where, to be able to pick him up. Right, got it. Got it. So you see Jukebox coming home. She's getting off the bus. And she see... Uh, but look, Buddy was hesitant about getting in the car with Lulu. Why do you think that? Because Lulu was a scary nigga. <laughs> I guess because, you know, uh, you don't have no interaction with me any other None time. at all. Anybody right. Like, now all of a sudden, so you, now a so you want to give me a ride? Now you want to give yeah, me a ride? Give the car. But Lulu <laughs> kind of played it right, though, because he was just like, oh, Kanan ain't in the house. He didn't you know he's he's down here at Mom's yeah, he's gonna change the plan. Yeah, he made it. He made it seem like you know they were. He was taking them to where Kenny was at mm-hmm. Marvin's party. Yeah, come on, get in this car. And yeah, Jukebox is getting off the bus and see him getting in the car with her uncle, and she even looked like something. Right she knew. That. She yeah. knew. I, the look in her face tells me because the thing about Jukebox, Jukebox isn't stupid at all, and Jukebox understands the streets, and I think. Jukebox understood in that moment. I think she knew exactly what it was. Cause what other? Cause I think I'm sure she was thinking the same thing. What other reason would Juju be picking him up? And yeah, he told him he said you gonna have the best night of your life. Well, at least he did get a boy a nice time. He did, he get did give him a nice time. He gave him a nice time. Poor thing. I said, this poor baby, he don't even see what's coming. Poor but, thing. But then at the club, you see Marvin is like, this poor girl, they must ain't got no other workers at the club because she tried to get the looker over to the bar. Like, where are the workers at the club? Remember, she said Symphony called out. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right, because he went on the date with uh, Raquel. He went on yep. a date with Raquel. Yep. So Marvin comes in, and this is the first time he's being the hero. He helped her with the packages or whatever. No way. Uh, <laughs> Kanan at home reading the newspaper and see the obituary and it's like he look out the window and old girl walking by. Right. Old girl walking by uh, her baby sister in a stroller. And that just made me feel so sorry for that poor girl because what she, she we thought that she said that she was out uh, because 
she had to take care of her sister, but we really thought she was saying that she was out because she was grieving um, Buck 20. But really, she really was probably out taking care of her little sister because as you can see, you right. know, she got the uh, baby in the stroller, you know, like she's the parent. She got suspended yeah. too, though. Yeah, she did get suspended, yeah. Get suspended. But that's she a lot suspended of responsibility. It's one thing to help out with your, your, your younger sibling, but to have to parent and raise and care for your uh, younger sibling when you're a child yourself, I can imagine that responsibility happens in a lot of households. And I about to say, as I've I've had that happen with some of my students. I've had students be out of school for a week, two weeks, come back. I had one student one time tell me point blank, they were like, "My mom was out. My mom was 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 on a binge, and she had brothers and sisters that weren't even old enough to be in school. So she was like, I had to stay home and take care." Take and it was more. It was. It wasn't just one. It was like three or four kids. And she was. Like, I had to. I had to take care of my brothers and sisters. And she legit was out of school for like two weeks because her mother was out on the bench. And so Kanan goes out and has a conversation with her, and they're talking or whatever. And you can really see that he really cares for this girl. But we also can see what what's happening here in this moment is the the conniving and the treachery. This relationship is doomed from before it even starts. Before it even happened. Absolutely. Well, this relationship is absolutely doomed before it starts because you're you're living in a lie and you're going to always have to be running from this lie your whole mm-hmm. relationship. So th- this this is not going to end well for them. You know, nope. he's not going to get the girl at the end of the day after she finds out that you killed her old man, you know, and and you're and you're trying to comfort her and you're the reason why she's in pain. Right. <laughs> I just, right. I don't understand. And it she better. asked him point blank. She asked him. Yeah, she, she did. Ask the, streets, the streets are saying your crew did it. Oh yeah, she did, and he lied to her. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that uh, he's gonna have to keep running from that lie. Oh my God, you're right. I forgot she did ask him that. Damn. So we see Marvin at the club. You know, he's working the uh, crowd or whatever the case may be, and. Uh, you see Lulu, you know, I, I guess it was a chick that, uh, a prostitute or, you yeah, know. She clearly was a prostitute. Yeah. You Working know, girl. D-Wiz is uh, getting fucked up at the bar. You know, he paid the girl some money to uh, take him out, uh, take him in the bathroom and show him a good time or whatever. And, Poor you know, thing. probably his first time. He his acted like it time. was. Yeah. I mean, I just... I just I felt sorry for what was getting ready to happen because it was I, it was hey, it was it was clear as day what was going to happen after that. Yep, absolutely. Like if you didn't know, you like you definitely knew what was going to happen. Yeah, if you didn't know what the setup was by then. You, yeah, you, you knew what the setup knew. was at this point. And then to, to see this young boy with this uh, confusion all over his face, he's having a good time and he's enjoying everything that's coming his way. But he just don't understand why all this is happening to me tonight. Right. He you know? he really is confused, but enjoyed it. You're right, but you just said it's accurate. <laughs> he's enjoying every minute of all this that's happening. But why in the hell is this happening to me tonight? Exactly. You know, at that point, at, at this point, I would have been on got hip to something ain't right. Like, mm-hmm. what's up? Like, yo, why are you doing all this nice stuff for me? Because you ain't never done nothing like this for me before. You spending money on me. You don't bought me a hoe. Like, what's what's really going on? He probably just thought it was part of the game, you know, because he was involved. Well, remember he kept asking for Canaan. He was like, Canaan, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, because yeah. he kept asking for Canaan. But I was thinking the same thing too. DJ was that. uh he probably thought that these were acolytes that were being given to him because of the whole uh, uh, book 20 shit. Mm-hmm. You know what? I ain't think about that. 
Yeah, so he probably was just thinking like this comes along with it. This part of the game. Yeah, this 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 comes along like the with theme it. song says, it's part of the game. This comes hey, it's a part of the game. So <laughs> we see Raquel and uh Symphony uh out on the balcony at his place and they're talking. Excuse me. And they're having a moment, and you can tell that she's really feeling him. And he's yeah. really feeling her. They're both infatuated with each other. So uh, yeah. it's a very organic relationship, a romance that's building between mm-hmm. those two characters. And, um, you know, she just, she's one thing I like about her, she is infatuated with uh, uh, learning. She mm-hmm. likes to learn and 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 discover things, so it makes me feel like she didn't get a chance to get the education that she may have wanted coming up. So True. she she really enjoys these moments, and uh, you know they go in and you know they start having um you know they start making out or whatever, and Symphony told her that you know he wanted to take it slow. She was like, "Hell no." Hmm. And then so we switched to jukebox at home, and I'm trying to figure out what's this all about. What what is she feeling right now? Is this the after effects of the kiss with the girl? Is she uh, in confusion about what she just seen with D Wiz and her uncle? Like, why does she look so? She look I think so... she's confused about. I think she's confused about a lot of stuff. I think so too. Yeah, I think it's all of the above. I think yeah, and she don't I got think, nobody to talk to. She don't got right. nobody to talk to. Because she can't Kenan. tell Keenan what she saw. Right. She cannot tell Keenan. She knows that much. Right. And even though, even though Keenan knows about the girl or whatever, I don't. You know, sometimes when certain things go down, sometimes you just want to hold on to it and process it. Like you don't always want to talk. She's to definitely somebody. processing in this moment. She's in yeah. a processing moment, but I don't think it has anything to do with what she saw with her uncle and D. Wiz. I think it has to do with her feelings in relative to the young lady because instantly she starts singing and she starts singing Whitney Houston, you give good you love. You give good love. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's what she's processing in that, in that moment in time is her feelings. About yeah, this girl, yeah. I would have uh, Whitney Houston was a good choice. I understand they want to pay homage to Whitney Houston, whatever. It really should have been a Mary J. Blige song. It should have been a Mary J. Blige was the four one one song. Why does it matter? In the early nineties, what year was this? Yeah, yeah. why does it matter? It, just tying into other shows. I, I'm all about tying in things. Is why that Mary J. Blige, Blige is, is? But in, Mary J. Um, Blige wasn't out yet. Yes, she was. No, she wasn't. Yes, she was. Wait, 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 wait. Because this was 1990. I'm sorry, I'm losing the year. 1991, right? 
but I, I thought it was I thought it was very I, I thought it was very neat that they're they're not going to let us get away from the fact that jukebox like to sing. Right. And, guess, and if you listen to the words of "You Give Good Love," even if you like the beginning of the song, I found out what I've been missing. Even when you listen to to me, that's the first thing I got when she started singing the song, and I'm listening to the she words. She was singing to that about that girl. It was just thinking about the situation, and then about uh, her always being on the run. Got it. Yeah, I mean, to I me, that's it. how I took it. I took the words more so than the song and who was, but the words to me were kind of accurate. But that's just me. I got it. Makes sense. It makes sense. So we see uh, Raquel and Symphony. They getting ready to get it on. <laughs> they got yeah. yeah. They got it on. <laughs> yes, they yeah. did. That's what I said. That's my girl. Raquel said, "Kill that noise." Taking it slow, nigga. What? She, she dropped that dress. So did. Like, Come get she this. Was like that. Right. You taking it slow? Watch this. Yeah. <laughs> she like, she is an alpha female. She is an alpha mm-hmm. female, but mm-hmm. she's she is an alpha female, but she also knows how to be very feminine, and right. she, she knows how to. Um, She's a different type of alpha female. She's not overly aggressive. She's not loud. She's not boisterous. You know, she's very much that of a woman, but at the same time, she's a very assertive and control in right. control she's, woman. Yeah. I really very like Very assertive. Her. Yeah, she's very assertive, but feminine at the same time. Like she's not trying to be a man. Yeah. She's very much in control of her femininity and and being a woman, but she's assertive and understands her role and is not gonna allow anybody to to bullshit her. Right. I like that about her character and I, I can't wait to see how it further develops. Uh so you see Lulu and um D Wiz, they uh pissing on the side of the uh building or whatever and he kills him, puts the gun to his head. He looks like I'm so sorry I gotta do this to you, young man. I know. You could definitely tell that that ain't how Lulu wanted to handle that. Yeah. I don't think so. And and I was surprised that that's how they handled it because, like I said, I was like, they just, rather they the just delivered the body. Like, I mean, not the body, but like, you know, told gave Unique the name or took the, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like they could have just as easily have slid the name to Unique. Nah, I guess they um, feel like because they created the situation, they had to clean up the mess. See what I'm saying? I guess. They, they, they felt like it was their mess that they created, which it was. It was Canaan that created the mess. Mm-hmm. And um, so we had to clean it up. But then he calls um, uh, Raquel up and says, it's it's a home run. Again, yeah. to the baseball reference. You right. beat the boy to death with a bat. You no! really beat the boy oh with a bat. But, oh but here's the that thing, though. gruesome, but it would have made sense with the, 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 the analogy. Um, but here's yeah. the thing, though, by the, by the kid being so young and everything. And if you had he somebody like that quick over, kill. Quick yeah, kill. they wanted to be a quick kill. Yeah. So they know how, you know, they probably they probably was thinking like, we don't know how to handle it. We probably just need to handle this ourselves. So if we handle it ourselves, we'll know who's, who did it, how it's done, and we just get it over with. The boy can enjoy himself instead of being tortured in somebody's basement. Yeah. And so at this point, Kanan is calling around, and I hope that this doesn't blow back on him even further. Because he don't call that boy house four or five different times looking for him. And the mom was like, shit, I thought he was with you. And so 
we end the scene with or well no I forgot uh, about Marvin fighting at the club uh, and they came out the club he was like yo uh, Marvin getting jumped he's like oh Marvin can handle himself yeah <laughs> I don't understand why the club owner well, I keep calling the club owner but she's not I don't understand why she didn't tell the police what happened why did she let them take him to jail knowing that he was defending her with uh, the the riffraff and the uh, uh, crowd that was trying to give her a hard time at that time, during that era, it probably didn't matter. They were taking everybody involved in jail. Yeah, everybody, everybody got the paddy wagon. Everybody, yeah. everybody, everybody we was involved. We get out here, but in yep. the meantime, between time, whoever's involved, all y'all get y'all asses in the back of this paddy wagon. And then we end the episode where we started at with Kane laying in the bed, looking at the uh, stars. And I think at this point, he's processing now that mm-hmm. something ain't right. Some don't happen. I just can't put my finger on what don't happen, but some don't happen. And we end the show. Again, I'll rate this episode. I'll give it a uh, nine and a half. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it from top to bottom. I'm, I'm really loving what they're doing with the series. I love the nostalgia, you know, with the outfits, the shoes, even the language, you know, uh, even the language. It's they, all uh, authentic. Yeah, it's, all, authentic. It's, it's, it's very authentic. And um, being for us, you know, we 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 lived through that era, so we right. know what we're recognizing when we see it. So it's just it's so enjoyable because you don't see programming that's that's we didn't have this type of programming when we were coming up. We may have had a a, a New Jack City, we may have had a Boys in the Hood, but those were a movie, right? You know, we never had series that was tailored around the life and times and the things that we were going through as we were coming up and feeling and things like that so this uh, let me ask you this do you think that this show would have survived as long as power if it came first ghost is a more ghost is a very in-depth character so i'm not really sure i'm not really sure i can't say that right now i don't want to i don't want to say that right now maybe you know but ghost is definitely very more in-depth well for really be Oh, I think we don't lost her. <laughs> yeah. For me, for me, I think I would have rather seen this one came first. I think raising Canaan, I would have rather seen came first before power. Yeah, I would rather see it come first, but I'm not sure exactly if it would have last long, long as power. I don't think it would have lasted as long as power either. I don't think it would have went six seasons. I don't think it could go six seasons. Hell, I think in a crazy twist away, I think power may have went a little bit too long. But um, I think this is headed in the right some direction. Some of the later seasons in Power should have really been uh, split into some of these spinoffs. Yeah, yeah, most you definitely. Know? Most definitely. Yeah. But some we of the story headed, arcs we, we from the later right seasons direction. could have been, like season six of Power really could have been season one of book two. Yeah, definitely. See, that, that's exactly what I, uh, what I would have done with it. But, you know, here we are, and I look forward to it every Every Sunday, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying the show. Um, hats off to Sasha Penn again, great writing. Um, a couple of bad lines, uh, the little plot twist between D Wiz and um, um, the family. I, I, I wish they would have handled that better, but I understand why they had to do it, and um, it was all to protect Kanan. And um, I just don't know how Kanan's going to feel about it now. I've lost my friend because of my... It, it's all his fault. 
it's it's all his fault because he misinterpreted what was going on with the corners and you know getting involved in his family. But, but didn't D Wiz but didn't D Wiz or famous didn't gas him was like yo uh like yo um, D Wiz planted the seed because he was like yo I got some heaters. We can go um, handle that situation. Yeah, because it was piece. like this disrespectful. Buck twenty is on is on your mom's block. He kind of gassed it up. He yeah, gassed he it up. gassed it up. Like he put the battery in his back and was like, "Yeah, you know this is going on or whatever." So Kane was already kind of like and sealed his own fate in, yeah. in the process. Yeah, so he he kind of gassed it up, you know, because he said like Kane was like, you know, D Wiz, he with the shit, you know, he like we'll get some gasoline and we'll burn the whole fucking corner down, but. If that's you wanted to walk that path, you know, you make your bed hard, you gotta lay in it. Yeah, he did. He yeah. did. Yeah. I mean, it hurts that it came, you know, from the hands of, you know, your friend's family. Your best friend's family, yeah. But you stuck your nose in the wrong business, not knowing yep. what the hell going on. And if the shoes on the other foot, did, it could have been Kane. You know how your parents used to always tell you, uh, stay stay at a child's place? Exactly. You, you really should have stayed in that moment as a teenager that all you had to do was get up and go to school and play video games and eat pizza after you get out of school. That that said your life, bruh. And yeah. now the pathway that y'all are on right now is like, uh, I really think that this is going to uh, affect Kanan. Uh, a lot more than what we're probably thinking. I don't oh, think he's I gonna think Kane gonna be owning after this. Yeah, I think he's. I think this is going to really shape him right here. He's definitely going to be on it because I don't know if it's gonna. You know, I'm, I guess this is kind of like a foreshadow into the next one. Um, I don't know if he's gonna if they're gonna he's gonna find out that it was his family that did it. You know, and the reason why they had to do it. I think, or is he? Or did they just go say is? You know, it's the uh the opposite side coming back. It's is is buck twenty people coming back and they just caught D with slipping. They caught him lacking. It's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm very excited to hear that the uh show has been renewed for a season two. But mm-hmm. I, I think that's a given nowadays with shows. I don't think I think we're way past those eras where you have a, a one season and done mm-hmm. type. So it's been a long time since any show has done a one season and done type deal. Mm. I, I don't think that any network is going to allow it, a show to air that is going to only air for one season and not really be able to properly tell a story in one season. Right. I don't think that it's going to go six, but I think four would be a really good number for this. If I was if, thinking the same number. I was thinking four would be a, a good number because uh, – you know, we got 10 episodes here and we're at episode two and it seems like we've learned so much just in two episodes. So uh, the writing is really, really good because I feel like by episode 10, we're truly going to learn a lot about these characters and where they're at. Uh, uh, season two, if we only get two seasons of this, uh, season two, I would like to see the introduction of Ghost and Tommy. So this is a, this is accomplishing exactly what I wanted. I wanted the first few seasons to be uh, about these characters, and then introduce us to characters. So let me ask you this. Know. Let me ask you this before we close it out. Who's your favorite character as of right now? It was two episodes. Who is your favorite character? It's gonna have to be Raquel. Raquel, I like Raquel. I, I really like what they're doing with her characters. I like Raquel. Um, I, I think that I'm going to end up disliking her before it's over and done with 
But as of right now, in this moment, I like her character. I think she's very well-rounded, and I understand why she's in the situation she's in. I think that uh, uh, tonight's decisions like this is going to be the uh, pathway to what's going to make me not like her character. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you are doing this to protect your child, but you are also doing to someone else's parent, uh, someone else's mom, what you're in fear of happening to your child. So it's kind of selfish. I mean, you know, yeah, but she don't really have child much of a choice. Someone else's uh, uh, grief and pain expense that that's kind of cold hearted right there. It so, is, but is this is the this is the path that that Kanan and D Wiz created. It's a part of the game, but Got it's it. it's all a part of the game. I'm gonna go with um, I I, I like Raquel. I think she's definitely going to be the fan favorite. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Lulu. You know, I, I do I really do like Raquel. I'm gonna go with Lulu. Then I'm gonna go with the development character of Jukebox. The way yeah. that they the way that they develop the Jukebox is like you learning so much about her. Actually, I feel you on that. That was a real good one, D. Because you, I actually learned like a this lot. version of Jukebox way better than when we met her in season three of Power. Right. I did not like her character in um, season three of Power. I like her character here. So you're absolutely right. They're doing a very good job with Jukebox. Yeah, I think they're doing like, I think as far as character development, Jukebox is probably... I think they're doing a very good... In that respect, I think they're doing a very good job with Kanan as well. Because... We initially felt like we were going to meet the adult versions of these characters just uh, rewritten in uh, younger versions of themselves. Right. You know, we expected Kanan to be uh, thugged out, um, um, hothead, fighting and, and carrying mm-hmm. on. But what we learned about him was he was a scholar. He did good in school. You know, we expected Jukebox to be, you know, planning licks and heists and um, scans like that. We expected her character to be introduced to us the way we remembered her or the way we saw her in power. But it's the opposite. And I really like the fact that they're going down the path that at one point these characters were innocent. And, you know, because of the drug game and what all comes with that, turned these people into what they became. So... I guess with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up this uh, week's episode. We lost a couple of people, but right. know, uh, we had to get everybody's thoughts and views in, so uh, you know how to find us. Uh, we'll be back next week for episode um, uh, three, and um, you can find us on um, social media. Um, all of our um, platforms are out there. Retro CG, uh, Juggernaut underscore of Souls, uh, really BTV on YouTube. Check us out, yo. Follow us on um, YouTube, TSF Entertainment Podcast. Um, D? We will be putting out more content on the YouTube um, platform. I had to get my laptop working. I'm messing around with it. Yeah, I got some things going on. We will be putting out more information on there as far as our podcast. And also, we will be um, also including different shows within the uh, TSF Entertainment Podcast. We appreciate everybody for listening to our show. I can't wait for episode three, man. All right. I will see y'all next week. See you next week. All right, yo. You are now listening to TSF Entertainment Podcast.